1: Western New York race fans, it's time to crank it up.
0: Start your
1: For the next hour, the airwaves belong to you. Sit down, strap in, and let's head to WGR's Fast Track.
0: All right, take a nice big deep breath,
1: buddy. With your host. Let's go
2: out there and have a good day. All right, bud. Dave Buchanan. Good morning, race fans. Eleven oh four here on WGR Sports Radio five fifty, and welcome to another edition of WGR's Fast Track. I'm Dave Buchanan. Thanks for listening. As always, another fine show lined up for you on this Sunday morning. Uh, you know it's you know comfortable out. It rained overnight, but you know what? I'm digging. It. It's not too humid and uh, pleasant ride in here this morning to the. WGR Studios here in beautiful Amherst, New York. The uh, the golf is on here in the studio. I have absolutely no idea what's going on with that, but I hear Tiger's doing good, so I guess that's good uh, for everybody else. Uh, but apparently he just missed a shot for Birdie or something to take the lead. So uh, if anything cool happens there, we'll try and keep you updated. But we've got NASCAR on tap today. The Cup Series is in New, in New Hampshire this week, and actually the race is starting at 1 o'clock this afternoon. Uh, they moved it up an hour. There is weather In the Loudoun, New Hampshire area, and there's a good chance they might even get to race today because there is just rain all around up there in New England, and uh, there is a chance that uh, they'll be lucky to get a window to get the race even started, let alone get to the end of Stage 2 to get an official race today. So, uh, you know, just uh, keep it locked on to WGR throughout the afternoon, and uh, you might have to be watching a race tomorrow at work, potentially, uh, with how the weather is going. Uh, With uh, out there in Loudon, New Hampshire with Kurt Busch, scheduled to start on the pole alongside Martin Truex Jr. They're on row one, Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin in row two, Ryan Blaney, Brad Keselowski in row three, Eric Jones, Alex Bowman, Daniel Suarez, Chase Elliott, your top ten starters today at New Hampshire, and be ready for potential domination by one of those Toyota drivers starting near the front of the field, Truex, Busch, Hamlin, Heck, even maybe Eric Jones or Daniel Suarez, because I was watching practice yesterday. An interesting stat on the NBC broadcast, in the last four races at New Hampshire, Toyota cars have led 97% of the laps in the last four races at New Hampshire. So might give you an indication of how things might go the, this afternoon uh, at the... Uh, the- Magic Mile there in the Granite State of New Hampshire with the uh, the granite uh, the line of granite there at the uh, finish line as their tribute to uh, the Yard of Bricks at the Indianapolis 500. Uh, coming up on today's program though in a. About nine minutes away, the World of Outlaws are headed back to Western New York. The World of Outlaws Sprint Cars, and Craig Kinzer is going to join us, son of the King of the Outlaws, Steve Kinzer, of course. But Craig is a uh, regular, full time regular on the World of Outlaws trail. He's headed to Ransomville on Friday night, and Craig is going to join us at quarter past the hour. We'll talk to him. Um, One of the. I was spinning plates this week, this weekend, even, trying to line up a World of Outlaws guest. I was. You know, trying to go directly through the world of Outlaws PR department, but also trying to through social media contact other guys. And I had like three potential interviews lined up and wound up with getting at least one. So we'll talk to Craig, uh, at quarter past the hour, get his thoughts on returning to Ranciville. He finished 10th last year in the race that wound up getting postponed until October, uh, last year at Ranciville, but they'll be, there this Friday night. Also, coming up in the middle segment, if you follow me on social media or maybe you were listening to One Bill's Live with Steve Tasker and Andrew Peters on Thursday here on WGR, you knew, you know that Clint Boyer was in town on Thursday. He got a tour of the New Era Field and Bill's facilities, and I happened to be there and tagged along and grabbed a few minutes with Clint. So we're going to play that interview at the bottom of the hour, Uh cool... F- just uh, always fun when Watkins Glen brings a NASCAR driver through the Buffalo market. They tend to do it every year. Last year we got lucky. We had two last year, but every year right around this time, uh, Watkins Glen gets a media tour visit from a, a cup driver. You know, Last year it was uh, Kevin Harvick there at the casino, but they also had the bonus visit with Daniel Suarez meeting the mayor. They've had Brad Kozlowski uh, in the past. Casey Kane has done one. Uh, I'm trying to think, what was it? There was another one in there. I, mean, I can't remember who else they. There was another one. I'm trying to. Yeah, I can't, it's not coming to me, but the last few years at least, it's been, you know, Harvick and Keselowski and uh, Casey Kane, definitely the last few I remember coming through town. But I think there might have been a couple others just not coming to me at the moment. But you're going to hear from Clint as I sat down inside the Bills meeting room, actually, to talk to him right inside where the Bills have their team meetings. We sat down and uh, chatted for a few minutes, and Clint had a really fun time. We'll talk more about that uh, at the bottom of the hour. But real quick here, just more on the cuff series. And I'll tell you, I mean, as much as, as fun as this season has been, I know I, outside of the less than thrilling performances on the mile and a half track, some of the other races this year that have been, you know, entertaining, especially the short track races and, uh, you know, some of the other events this year, as much as the on track action has been, uh, Fun and interesting to watch, and the, this this the, the the big three that, of course, the big phrase going around with Kyle, Kevin, and Martin Truex. You know, locking up 14 of the wins so far this year, and he, I mean, even Clint Boyer getting back to victory lane. He's got two wins. You know, outside of the the good on track storylines, there has just been this underlying, just doom and gloom storyline. Uh, whether you listen to people on Twitter or you listen to the the NASCAR radio channel or just fall you know read some of the the media columns and there is just this underlying just yuck i mean you've got the rate they talk about the ratings being down and some people uh think it's a lot worse some people try not to take as much into it they say oh well every, everybody's ratings are down but then there's some people like well but nascars are really down even when you compare it to say even you know the super bowl being down or something or, or the nfl numbers being slightly down uh nascar in comparison the trend has gone on longer and you of course um the empty seats talk which has been going on for years you know all that all that under all that lying underneath and uh it's it's getting maybe not ugly is the word but it's getting it's growing uh the descent is growing in the sport and even the drivers the drivers not so much about the ratings and the t- attendance but talk of the tracks and the schedule that's been the other thing this year is that the the schedule has gotten dull uh, boring and repetitive and i guess that's the problem when you you do a great thing like sign all your tracks to five year licensing agreements that's great because your schedule's set and people can plan their vacations but when there's little to no change from season to season, although this year obviously we did have some changes with a few races moving around and the Charlotte Roval uh, race coming up at the end of September, uh, you know, despite all that, there's just a lot of ragging on the schedules in all three national series. A lot of drivers, that Kevin Harvick kind of started this last year, but I mean, even Kyle Busch on Dale Jr.'s podcast, you know, just the the banging of the drum for more short tracks, uh, the Truck, yeah, the truck, the Xfinity series, doing more standalone events, going to more facilities like they used to back in the day when the the Bush series, then Bush series, now Xfinity series had a little more of its own identity. They went to a lot more tracks that you know don't host Cup races. They would go to South Boston and uh, Myrtle Beach, and um, they they went to Volusia before it became a dirt track in the early nineties, and a, a lot of short tracks there in the southeast. And, uh, you know, even some tracks up north, they would run uh, some more short tracks. The Truck Series would go to places like Flemington and Louisville, uh, tracks that aren't even open anymore. Uh, they go to Evergreen out in Washington State, uh, Heartland Park, Topeka, Kansas, the road course there. Um, I think I-70 Speedway, you know, just all these different short tracks that the Cup Series didn't go to. And you still get that, you know, you still get the Iowa Speedway. You got, of course, the Eldora race that happened this week, which is always fun to watch. But it just seems like the the... It's been getting louder and louder where drivers are hoping to see the schedule change. And unfortunately, it's not going to happen anytime soon because we're still on the tail end of this five-year agreement, which I think runs through the through the 2019 or 2020 season. So you're not going to get any major changes to the schedule, but really, what? But what is NASCAR going to do? I, I don't think they're going to change much when you've got two groups that own the majority of the tracks, and one of those groups is really owned by NASCAR. They try and say they're separate companies, but NASCAR and the International Speedway Corporation both own, at least in part, majority owned by the France family, same people, they're not going to take dates away from their tracks. They're not going to go tick off, uh, you know, Bruton Smith and take dates away from the SMI tracks. So that leaves, you know, those few independents, the Dovers and Poconos of the world that have independent dates. I mean, where are they going to take dates from? Especially the Cup Series but I I don't think they'll they'll make a lot of changes without maybe just moving races around I don't think they're gonna take dates away but I mean where where, where is this gonna happen it, I would love to see the the trucks in infinity I'd like to see them have more standalone races I'd love to see them go back to some of the short tracks and uh, you know continue to build an identity as its own series and and NASCAR's tried to do that with all the rules of how many races cup Drivers can run in those series and everything, and that helps a bit. But still, those series, especially the Xfinity Series, depend on the inclusion of cup drivers to sell sponsorships. I mean, you look at uh, JR Motorsports, and you know, so, luckily he's the owner of the team, but a lot of those deals were always kind of pending on Dale driving a one or two races in the Xfinity Series just so they could put him in pictures with their car, even though he's not driving it weekly. Um, there's just... I just don't see it happening. You, all this calling for for new tracks and uh, changes to the schedule. Um, I, I just I, I wonder. I don't think it's going to happen. I, I love to hear that the drivers are banging this drum right now, and hopefully NASCAR listens. and And maybe once we get to twenty 2020, twenty 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 one, there are some changes. But I just don't see how it's going to happen. Definitely in the Cup Series. Maybe you can do it with the trucks or the Xfinity Series. Um, but I also kind of like at the end of the season, uh, when the the stretch there, maybe not so much Texas, but definitely that Phoenix homestead those last two weekends of the year. I think it's neat having all three series there with the triple header to decide the the series championships in all three series. Leave that alone, you know. Leave speed weeks alone in Daytona. That's good. But yeah, in the middle of summer, you know, change it up. Try and find some new facilities to go to. And the other part of that, the Upgrades and everything, you know, with with the safer barriers and everything. It's not so easy anymore to take even a truck series to a new facility. They had to do a lot at Eldora just to bring the trucks. They didn't put safer barriers in, but they had to make a lot of facility upgrades to bring the trucks there. Uh, you know, can you, can you t- go to, Uh, in, in Irwindale Speedway, could you go to to Lake Erie Speedway? Could you go to, you know, any major, what are the more well run short tracks in this country and ask them, hey, we want to have an Xfinity race here, but you got to pay X amount of dollars to put safer barriers in and you got to pay X amount of dollars to put more seats in your, at your track, whether they're permanent or temporary seating. It's, it's a lot of financial undertaking for a facility. More on that later, but we're going to go to the AT&T Hotline. Uh, Joining us right now, he used to run in the Truck Series, but he's more known, of course, as being part of the uh, most famous name in sprint car racing, and he is a uh, regular on the World of Outlaw Craftsman Sprint Car Series. Craig Kinzer joins us on the line. Craig, it's Dave Buchanan here in Buffalo. Uh, Good morning. Great to talk to you.
0: Dave, uh, good morning, uh, good to talk to you, thanks for having me.
2: Yeah, we are real excited. I work at Ransomville Speedway, I'm one of the track announcers, so we're real excited. This Friday night at the Big R, uh, the World of Outlaw Crafts from Sprint Car Series is coming back to Western New York, and last year you guys had to get, wait until so, uh, October to get your date in, but we're excited to have you back this Friday night. Uh, what do you remember from last year being at Ransomville and that, that race back in October?
0: Uh, it was pretty quick. Um, I know I ended up uh got a top ten out of it, I think it was six. But um I remember being um a very quick track all night. Um we uh got through a dash, uh finishing second in our heat race and um that's about all I remember. I'm, I mean I remember the track when I'm was real, real little. I was actually there the last team before that mm-hmm. when the sprint cars were or when the outlaws were there. Um but um, you know, uh, other than that, uh, you know, it'll probably be a little different. Uh, having only seen the track twice, or will be our second time, um, you know, I doubt the conditions are going to be exactly the same. And hopefully we just took good, uh, good notes and the car is going to fire off pretty quick.
2: You uh, are coming into this week 10th uh, in the series points. Uh, how has your season been going so far?
0: Well, it hasn't been that great. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's had its ups and downs. Um, just got uh, struggling pretty hard car-wise. Uh, just can't get qualified. The way our format is, it, um, your reward's qualifying. Um, mm. You know, your night's what, pretty well all based on, on your qualifying. So, I mean, you can tell by the first two laps in the night whether you've got the chance to having a really good night or a really bad night um you know then you just got to try and fight out of a hole if you dug yourself and warned and uh just keep everybody behind you if not uh it's just the way our format is and um you know when our car your car's not working good it's it's hard to get those starting up front which is critical with our racing
2: craig kinzer from the world of outlaws joining us here in wgr's fast track you guys were uh, s- supposed to run two nights in Willi- at Williams Grove Speedway in Pennsylvania, one of the most uh, famous dirt tracks in the country. Of course, unfortunately, you guys got rained out last night, but uh, Lance DeWeese got the-, the big win on Friday. Uh, that track has such a history of sprint car racing. Where does that, that rank for you? Uh, w- w- what do you like about running at Williams Grove?
0: I mean, yeah, definitely. Uh, it's historic. And, I mean, obviously, when a lot of people think of sprint car racing, uh, um, Williams Grove obviously pops the morning and uh, you know the history there is something else. Um, and not was the Williams Grove with uh some of the iconic cars uh when I was growing up, before I was growing up, you know, some of the iconic sprint cars of the past they all ran there at the Grove and they got pretty cool pictures there. So, um, you know, it's definitely uh in our sport it's it's one of the one of the big tracks to go to where you know, um you know, a lot of history has been
2: there. It must have been. It's, it's, you guys are coming off a pretty exhausting week. I mean, last weekend, you're at Eldora for the Kings Royal. Tuesday, you go to Lernerville for the Don Martin Silver Cup, which Kyle Larson won. Uh, stop at Lincoln, and then a big weekend at Williams Grove. I guess maybe it was a, a good thing you got rained out yesterday to just give you a day to rest. This seems like the maybe the hugest week of the year for you guys until you get to Charlotte for the World Finals. Yeah,
0: um, it's... it's I mean, that's uh, June and July from on the Outlaw Circuit. I mean, it, all the way through it, it's, these are our busy months of the year and yeah. we race a lot and it's, it's, it's always, every year we got a couple weeks that are really, really busy and um you know, this year is no exception. Uh, you know, I, I enjoy being at the racetrack. Uh, and working out makes the days between uh, a little quicker and sometimes when there's no days between, it makes the mornings, uh, a little quicker, it catches up on you. But um, I just assume uh, raced the other day instead of still getting rained out. But uh, it's the way it goes.
2: And, of course, uh, one of the other beaks, big weeks coming up, too, the Knoxville Nationals, uh, coming up the, the first week of August. But, uh, of course, uh, Craig, the, the tr- we had the truck race at Eldora this week, and the, the, NAS- the connections between the dirt racing world and NASCAR maybe are as strong as they've ever been with, you know, guys like Tony Stewart and Casey Kane, Kyle Larson, Clint Boyer, all involved in the sport, whether as owners and drivers. Your family has ties in the NASCAR. Like I said, you ran the truck series. Your dad drove for Kenny Bernstein in the Cup Series. Uh, what do you guys think about all, all the the NASCAR guys that, that get involved, and whether as drivers or as owners, it, it seems like it's it's a great connection for the the two forms of racing to have.
0: Yeah, it is. Um, you know, it, I mean, it definitely is. Uh, it's always nice to maybe either take or either help us grow. Mm-hmm. Um, it helps our sport grow because um, I mean. He, they might be somebody might be a fan of one of the drivers or something like that. They owners, and you know they hear they own a race car that's running down the street. They they could show up and never seen a sprint car race before and, and come to the crowd. So it helps everything. It helps the whole sport at its grassroots level when uh, when guys get back to their to their sports, not just dirt track racing, but any local part of racing. Uh, mm-hmm. it, you know, it just brings more fans to uh, the, the local side of racing and maybe. Gives a a local kid a um, a chance to be seen by more people. Yeah, you know it's just um it, you know it's definitely when you got racers like that who give back to the sport on any level it's um it is it, pretty cool. Um, and you know most most of the guys who grow up they, you know they don't grow up starting off in NASCAR, so they got grassroots down and you know when they were kids they were at racetracks a lot of times, so they you know. There, there are certain cars they grew up watching that they really liked, and, uh, you know, uh, that first love of racing never goes away. You yeah. remember what your, your original cars were, and, uh, you know, you pay attention to the kids that come up around that, that type of racing.
2: Craig, of course, you know, as I said, Kyle Larson, you know, he got the win there on uh, a Tuesday night up there at Lernerville is – uh, when those guys come to town, whether it's Kyle or yeah. Kate, Casey or even you know, I Tony Stewart usually runs with the All Stars, but when he time to time, if he ever runs with the Outlaws, um, are, are those guys? Do those those guys when they're running with you guys? Do they just try and act like you know one of the boys in, or or is there kind of an aura around those guys when you're competing against them? Uh,
0: there, I think there's an aura around more fan wise um, when we compete against them. You know, a lot of those guys have been running for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, most of us know each other pretty well around there. So, um, as far as the aura that other drivers give him, um, no, they're just one of the guys. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they're good. Like Larson, he's, uh, unbelievable. Um, you know, he's with great, great race car, you know, great driver. It's unbelievable to watch him race sometimes. Um, something else along with, along with all of them, they're all, uh, you know, they, they run numerous times all over the place, and uh, you know they—they're pretty pretty good. I mean, they didn't get to the top level of uh, the NASCAR without having any talent. Right, and, uh, it's no so different them the dirt
2: well, if there's one series though that has done a great job of making its own stars, the World of Outlaws, I mean led by people like your dad uh, Steve Kinzer, and even today making stars out of guys like you and Donnie Shots and uh you know Brad Sweet, David Gravel, all these these top names. I mean, I think the World of Outlaws when it comes to short track racing, one of the best uh, of being able to create its own stars and it's 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 like a cult following almost in parts of this country sprint car racing. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, it's um no, it's fortunate, and I think a lot of the racing um, brings it up. But, you know, the reason it's so popular is because we got some great fans. Mm. Um, and, you know, race car fans are, are something special to begin with. But, uh, you know, the sprint car fans, they are, um, man, they love their sprint cars. They love their dirt track racing. Um, you know, they're dedicated. Because, uh, you know, some nights you're getting sprayed with mud, rocks, you know, no telling what's uh, getting up there <laughs> makes it hard to see. And now uh, they just come back. For more and more and more, it's, um tremendous people to see. I mean, that's another nice thing about our sport. You get a lot of fan contact all the time and it's always nice to talk to everybody. You see a lot of the same faces, um, mm. it all, all across the country, really, to be honest with you. you yeah. see fans pop up here and there that, you know, you know, live on the other side of the, the country and it's, uh, it's always neat.
2: Well, I know plenty of fans here in Western New York are looking forward to seeing you this Friday night at the Ransomville Speedway, along with all the other stars of the World of Outlaw Spring Cars. Craig, thank you so much for the time this morning. I'm sure you would have rather better things to do on this off day for you, but thank you so much for the time and the discussion. I really appreciate it, and hopefully uh, I'll I'll try and swing by your uh, hauler there Friday night, see if I can uh, shake your hand, and thank you personally for doing this. But look forward to seeing you Friday night.
0: Yeah, no uh no worries. Um definitely looking forward to it. Uh like I said, uh c- come on down. We're normally pretty uh pretty good when it's when talking to everybody and uh, like I said, after the races normally the pits are open. Um you know, stop by and, and, and say hi.
2: All right, Craig, thanks for the time. We'll see you Friday. See you later. All right, Craig Kinzer from the World of Outlaw Craftsman Spring Cars. They will be at the Ransomville Speedway Friday night. Uh time is running out to get your reserve tickets. Uh, head over to uh, the World of Outlaws website or the Ransomville Speedway website. There's some reserve tickets left, but not much. You can still buy walk-up tickets, general admission walk-up tickets Friday night at the track. Uh just World of Outlaw Spring Cars and their Sportsman Division. 715 start time, but the gates open. Uh oh shoot. Uh, Pit Gates at two and Grandstand Gates, I believe, are at four. If you've if you've never been, if you want to see the big time dirt car uh, short track racing, if you've never been, th- this is an event you want to see. It's going to be a full house. Uh, it, it's 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 the definitely the short track equivalent of going to a cup race because you get there all the merchandise haulers, all the drivers have merch haulers, kind of like the cup drivers do. Um, and these guys put on one heck of a show and just the, the four wide salute and Johnny Gibson and just everything that goes along with the World of Outlaws event. Uh, if you got the opportunity this Friday night, come check us out at the Big R Ransomville Speedway up in Niagara County. It's, uh, it's gonna be a fun night. All right, we get back. We're gonna talk to a guy that got his start driving dirt cars. He also owns some, world, uh, some late model teams that still compete, but he's currently in the Spring Cups, uh, oops, the uh, Monster Energy Cup Series driving. Uh, for uh, Tony Stewart this year. Clint Boyer, we're going to hear from Clint and his visit to Buffalo next year on Fast Track on WGR. Hi, this is Kurt Busch, driver of the Haas Automation, Monster Energy, Ford Fusion. You're listening to WGR Sports Radio 550. Mike Jafari, our producer here, referencing an, an off-air conversation he and I were having before the show here with the theme song for Demolition... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. This that's, is an awesome thing. That's Rick Derringer, by the way. Oh, is it? Yes. I learned that because I listened to I'm listening to the demolition episode of the Something to Wrestle With podcast with Bruce Pritchard. We had Conrad Thompson, of course, on the show earlier this year. That's that's my thing right now, is listening to this wrestling podcast, and I have my something to wrestle with t shirt on here this morning. Um if you like if you miss Conrad Thompson on our show earlier this year, uh if you like wrestling from like the 80s and 90s through the attitude era of wwf wwe go listen to that podcast it's really stinking good and i'm currently on an episode devoted to the tag team demolition uh just good stuff so if you're into podcasts you're into wrestling uh something to wrestle if you've not yet heard it or if you have the network uh they have a show on the network now too that's uh very similar to the podcast but it's you know, video, and they can throw in some clips from the WWE archives. So, but yeah, go check that out. That's good stuff, and I was was super cool to have, uh, Conrad Thompson on our show earlier this year. Coming up, uh, in the future of this show, two weeks away, of course, is the uh, Cup Series race at Watkins Glen, the GoBowling.com dot com at the Glen. Right now, the plan is us for to uh, us for to be live. Did I say that right? For us to be live. There we go. I got my words in the correct order. We're gonna be live at the Glen basically is what I'm trying to say. Uh, two weeks from today, August the 5th, uh, ten to noon right now is the plan, uh, unless I get bumped off the depth chart of live broadcasting that weekend because you know mine doesn't make any money, understandably. Uh, but right now our plan is to be live at the Glen, uh, for two hours. Hopefully they're gonna have a cool tweet up again this year, so we'll go crash that, talk to whoever their the tweet up guests are. Hopefully grab some drivers. We had a lot of fun last year. Alexander Rossi was there, of course. There won't be any IndyCar drivers there this year. Uh, but we also uh, talked to a couple. Um. Uh, the cup drivers that were there too, I think Michael McDowell was one of them, and uh, who's who else did we talk to? I can't even remember now. But uh, we had a fun time with that last year, and we caught up with Bob Pocaris and Jeff Gluck and all sorts of uh, media personalities. We talked to Kurt Becker from MRN last year. So that is the plan. August the fifth, two weeks from today, we'll be live at the Glen, ten to noon. If you want to come hang out, you know you're you're more than welcome to shoot me a tweet saying you're going to be there and. We'll we'll do our own. We'll 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 crash. We'll have a tweet up inside the tweet up there at uh, Watkins Glen. But speaking of the Glen, uh, as being the major media market closest to Watkins Glen International, we are always lucky enough to get a media visit, media tour from a NASCAR driver every year. And this year, as I said off the top, Clint Boyer came to town. And again, if you were paying attention on Thursday to my social media, or if you were listening to One Bill's Live with Steve Tasker, Clint Boyer uh, came to One Bill's Drive and toured the new era. T- toward New Era Field and the facilities, and uh, I was there along with some other members of the media. And a, as a Bills fan, it was really cool because I've never gotten the same tour. I've never seen the locker room and the 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 meeting room and all that behind the scenes stuff. I don't cover games like you know like Sal does here for the station, so I've never seen I never saw any of that stuff either. And then walking down the tunnel of the field, that was. Awesome, because I've never done that myself. You see it on TV and everything, but I've never made the walk through the tunnel onto the field. That was awesome. And uh, so it was a lot of fun. But Steve Tasker led our tour, and you know Steve is, is a great personality, obviously from One Bills Live and uh, CBS and everything. And he was uh, talking; it was more for Clint than the, us media members. We were kind of just tagging along, but I was still trying to pay attention. But Steve was explaining everything that goes on during the week, how the Bills prepare for games, all the meetings and practices, uh, as taking Clint through the different areas, like the field house and the practice fields. Uh those two guys connected because they're both from Kansas, of course, Clint is from Emporia, Kansas, and Steve Tasker also originally from Kansas, so that was a nice little connection there between those two They allowed them to really hit it off right off the bat. Uh, not that they weren't gonna but both two guys with great personalities, but uh they had a lot of fun uh just kind of talking and uh, then we got down to the field and we were joined by Brandon Bean, who of course Bill's general manager uh they brought him down he was in some meetings, but they they pulled him away for a few minutes and Brandon got to meet uh, Clint Boyer. They did this really neat exchange where Clint Boyer got a Bills jersey with a number 1 on it, and Brandon Bean got a crew shirt for the, the Rush Truck Center, Stuart Haas Racing crew shirt. Uh, they exchanged that, and if you go on my social media, whether it's at FastTrack550 or Facebook.com slash WGRFastTrack, you can see a picture of that. Also, our Facebook page, I took some live videos of the tour, uh, so check that out, too, if you want to go back and watch some of that, uh, Facebook.com slash WGR WGRFastTrack. So, uh, and then... So that was uh they were on the field and uh, chatted for a few minutes and some fun conversation there uh, you know Clint uh, just kind of talking off the cuff and he was describing the how he got to NASCAR because Brandon was you know, ask him about his career and how he just his boss at his job in the auto shop or body shop that he worked at started building like a street stock and invited Clint to go out with them. Next thing you know, Clint's behind the wheel. And then five years later, Richard Childress is calling him to come drive in the Cup Series. And at first, Clint didn't believe him, didn't believe it was Richard Childress. He thought it was one of his buddies playing a prank on him. But no, it turned out it was actually Richard Childress. And that, of course, led to him driving in what is now the Xfinity Series and the Cup Series, you know, starting with that, that 07 Jack Daniels car. And then uh, moving on to uh, other sponsors, you know, he had General Mills on the car at one point, And then Michael Waltrip Racing, and that kind of soured after the whole Richmond debacle. And then he kind of had to tough it out for a season before he go to Stuart Haas Racing last year and finally get back with a major team. And last year they were getting, you know, acclimated. And you're going to hear more about this from Clinton in just a minute. But now this year they're, you know, firing on all cylinders. He's got two wins, Martinsville. And the rain shortened race at Michigan, and he is, you know, in the top ten in points and already sewed up, sewn up a spot for the playoffs. So uh, it's the the retur- resurgence of Boyer here in 2018 in the Cup Series. But enough of me talking about it. Let's go to the tape, and this is uh, myself and Clint Boyer chatting inside the Bills meeting room Thursday here on uh, Fast Track. How much different does it feel this part of the season this year compared to maybe your last couple of years?
1: Well, it just feels good, you know, to finally get to where I thought we were, you know, headed uh, last year when I saw it on with Stuart Haas Racing. Last year was just, it was obviously frustrating, but there was there was a lot of good runs, but there was just way too many, uh, you know, valleys with those peaks. Um, a lot, we overcame a lot last year, mm-hmm. had to learn a lot, uh, you know, new manufacturer and everything that went into that that's not an excuse. Mm-hmm. It was just a, a huge eye opener for me. I've never been at an organization that went through a change in sure. a manufacturer. Usually, every time you walk in the door somewhere, whether it be RCR in my first of my career or or MWR or or, or now, you know. Anywhere, literally, sure. you were, they were already established way down the road with the manufacturer, the the communication, the the um, um, you know the database, everything that you do, the the tools that we use to find speed on the racetrack was already established. So that was a huge undertaking for everybody at, at Stuart Haas Racing, and and I think that year under our belts and, and learning and, and putting that all to good use is finally um, showing up in a big way this year with not only one car but
2: all four Stuart Haas cars running well. Uh, Watkins Glen, where does that rank for you? You got, you know, four top tens in your last six starts. Where does that rank on your list of tracks on the circuit? You know, Sonoma is probably
1: one of my best tracks, Mm. and and naturally you would head off into Watkins Glen with a handful of confidence thinking, I got them, you know, (laughs) if I'm running that good there, I'm going to dominate at Watkins Glen. It hasn't been the case for me. I struggle more at Watkins Glen than I do at Sonoma. Um, faster racetrack. Mm. Um, you know, it's it's been repaved. The grip level is a little bit different. But I think it's just that pace difference. Um, you know, Sonoma is kind of a finesse, short track type feel. And, and Watkins Glen is, is a wide open, um, you know, throw it off in the corner as hard as you can. Be good under braking, mm. um, you know difference than, than Sonoma. So, um, there's just like Sonoma. There's parts of that racetrack you got to hone in and focus on and practice and be good at. Up through the S's, the mm. fast part of the racetrack, you better be fast. <laughs> um, that bus stop on the back straightaway is very tricky to get through there with good speed consistently. Mm. Um, you know, and, and finding that comfort level in practice in a short amount of time is very, very important.
2: Now compare that to where you were testing this week at the Roval. How different is that compared to the Glen and Sonoma?
1: You know, that Roval was fast. Um, Surprised me how fast it was. Surprised me how how dangerous. And I don't mean dangerous as like you're gonna get hurt. Uh-huh. I just mean the consequences of of slipping up the least little bit. Um, there is no room for error. There is no run off room. Um, that chicane on a back straight. I mean, you're you're missing that tire barrier by inches, literally single-digit inches, <laughs> and uh, um, running through there feels like 170 mile an hour or so and just barely missing that tire barrier. So there's there's uh, been a lot of carnage already mm-hmm. in, the, in the couple test sessions that we've had, and I don't think that's going to be the end of it. It's not
2: going to be the last crash we see on that place. How about this weekend at New Hampshire? You've won there before RCR. You got a couple seventh-place finishes last year back with Stuart Haas. Uh, how, how do you think you're going to do this weekend?
1: Well, I mean, you look back at last year, um, typically – You know, over my career, the short tracks have been my bread and Mm -hmm. butter, those that have been the ones that I really need to, you know, cash in on and and capitalize on over the years. And um, it was a seventh place. You know, we weren't that good last year on Mm -hmm. short tracks. This year, we won Martinsville. Um, We were good at Richmond. We've been, you know, consistently up front, fast at Phoenix. Um, I'm looking forward to New Hampshire. I think it's a different different game now. Uh, I think our program's a lot better than it was last year. So, yeah, I, I don't see any reason that we are not headed up there this weekend thinking we're, we're going to be
2: contending for a win. I saw on Twitter you were busy last night watching the truck race and yeah. watching your late models in competition. What did you think last night with the truck race with Chase, Chase Briscoe winning there on the last lap?
1: Oh, that was a great race. Um, you know, and I think that's what's neat about our sport. You know, everybody always says you got to have that speed you got to be fast that's probably the slowest you know speeds that you're going to see um in motorsports on any racetrack and and it was i thought it was really entertaining and and exciting um it came down to the end down to the wire and, and on a restart and and you know he got the job done but most of the night i saw three four wide racing and um saw everything in a race you wanted to see, you know what I mean? You come to a race and it's all about those moments. Those moments are what you're going to bring back to your your family and friends and, and you know, the coffee shop uh, <laughs> the next morning and talk about it. And I guarantee you the t- coffee shops were busy this
2: morning. Last thing, just uh, talk about your visit here to New Era Field. I, I hear your wife's a big Bills fan, and you've yeah. made her uh, green with envy with this visit today.
1: Yeah, we dropped them off in and, and Penny Ann's so the kids could be uh, with their grandparents there. Um... Pick them up back on the way back from from New Hampshire, but uh, she's always grew up a, a Bills fan, obviously from this part of the country, and and um, you know always talks. She's always got Bills Buffalo Bills sweatpants. <laughs> she's had them since I've known her, and she still wears them today. They're blue Bills all the way down the leg, and it doesn't matter where we go. She'll on a, if we got a Sunday off or something. I can guarantee you, she'll go. If you're going to Cracker Barrel, you look over and you're like, really, you're gonna wear your Bills sweatpants? She'll. Have have those on um but uh, yeah she's been a lifelong bills fan for sure
2: clint thanks for the time good luck this weekend thanks man there's clint boyer from thursday at new era field and yeah his wife she was totally jealous she couldn't she couldn't be there as you heard she's from penyan originally and uh she's already she called dibs on that jersey as soon as she found out clint got a bills jersey with boyer on the back she called dibs on that so i doubt it. even she probably Grabbed his bag when he got got back from uh, New Era Field and took that jersey and I'm sure she'll, she'll take permanent ownership of that. As uh, I I forgot that uh, Clint has some ties there with his family. Uh, his brother in law is and I'm going to butcher this name cause I, but Derek uh, Podsiado. Um, that runs Modifieds, like a Canandaigua uh, Land of Legends raceway, big block Modified driver. That's his brother-in-law. I forgot about that. It was reminded this week uh, when Clint was here, but uh, his wife from Penn Yan and a huge Bills fan, so she was super jealous that Clint got to come and visit uh, one Bills drive a New Era Fielding at the big tour there with Steve Tasker. Uh, the one thing I took exception to, and it's been kind of a, a conversation on Twitter this weekend too, is calling Loud New Hampshire, a short track. It's a mile long. Short tracks are... Five eighths, maybe three quarters of a mile and shorter. Those are short tracks. Mile tracks are not short tracks. I know the cup guys to them compared to mile and a half and two mile and super speedways and road courses. I guess they seem like a short track, but mile tracks aren't short tracks. I'm sorry. And uh, actually, Dale Jr. did a a Twitter poll asking fans if they thought New Hampshire was a short track, and no, no one by 58 to 42. So I agree. Call it intermediate. Call it a mile track. It's not a short track. I'm sorry. It's uh ask ask the modified guys that ran there yesterday if they think Loudon is a short track compared to some of the places they run. It's not a short track, but either way, uh, Cup Series is in New Hampshire this weekend, and uh, again the race got moved up to one o'clock. We'll have the race here on WGR today at one o'clock I, I don't think we'll have the pre-race coverage but we will have the live if the race gets started on time you'll hear it right here on wgr at one o'clock uh, courtesy of the performance racing network so that is coming up after we're off the air today and we're going to wrap up this edition of fast track coming up next the local racing roundup plenty of great racing locally to talk about here when we get back on wgr
1: let's find out who visited victory lane this weekend it's time for the local racing roundup on wgr's fast track
2: and we'll go back to Thursday night. Genesee ran on Thursday because of the uh, Genesee County Fair and a great turnout. They had a jammed uh, great turnout of cars and lots of fans there Thursday at Genesee Speedway. Jason Jenko winning the Rush Late Model Tour event, and I think that sweeps both Rush events for Jenko at, at uh, Batavia this year. Uh, the Grit Sportsman James Henry picked up his third win of the year at Genesee over Zach George and Adam Leslie. 360 Late Models, Brian Katarski got the win there. Josh Pangrazio got the win in the street stocks. And Dante Mancuso got another mini stock win uh, there uh, Thursday night at Genesee Speedway. They had to take Saturday night off for the fair, which is a, a yearly tradition for the folks at Genesee Speedway. Friday night action, Ranceville Speedway. Jesse Cotras held off Eric Rudolph to get the 358 modified win. Chris Bierke and the sportsman Corey Sawyer. Four wins in the last five races, including the last four straight weeks for the Huckster and the Street Stocks. Cole Susie got the four-banger win. Bubby Pollock got the win in the uh, novice sportsman there Friday night at uh, the Big R. And, of course, this Friday night they will host... Um, the uh, World of Outlaw Sprint Cars. That should be a ton of fun. We heard from Craig Kinzer earlier in this program. Uh, also, Lancaster Dragway on Friday night. Mo Alfaki got the Buffalo Street Outlaws win. Uh, Jason Doty, the Street Limited win. Mike Nowak, top eight. Dick Sepal and top ET. Keith Banis and Mod ET. Mike Peters in Bikes and Sleds for the second straight week. And Tim Markle got his second win of the year in Street ET. Freedom Motorsports Park. Billy Van Pelt got the modified win over Adam Hilton and Phil Vigneri. Kyle Inman and in the Sportsman over Brad Rouse and Austin Fugel. Uh, Dennis Cumming in the street stocks, Dwayne Powers in the mini stocks. Last night, Holland Speedway, uh, the track at Hillside, Race of Champions Modified Series, Thunder in the Hills 100, and Andy Jankoyak did a phenomenal job holding off Matt Hirschman to get the win last night there in another great race for the Race of Champions Modified Series. They've put on two back-to-back great shows the last two Saturdays uh, with... Chuck Hosfeld rounding out the top three. The four-cylinder Race of Champions four-cylinder dash series, first-ever event for that series, the Butch Palmer Memorial, and Travis Montgomery held off Jody London and brother A.J. Montgomery to get the win. That was a ton of fun. Uh, 24 cars, 32 laps, not one caution flag, and a side-by-side battle for the lead for the last second half of the race, pretty much. It was a lot of fun. Brian Hoffman got the street stock win. He wins on back-to-back Saturdays between Lancaster and Holland. And the TQ Midgets, a very fun race. Uh, in almost identical cars, Andy Jankowicz and Kyle Hutchinson battled for the lead side-by-side. Side. And Andy Jay picked up that win, too, to give him two wins last night. Uh, Dave Wallaber won up second after Kyle uh, broke, a, appeared to be an axle there on the final lap, but still uh, limped home third. And Neil Dietz got the win in the Sportsman last night at Holland. Uh, Merrittville last night, Anthony Kelly in the mini stocks, Josh Slider in the Mod Lights, Rob Murray in the Hoosier stocks. Brent Bigelow in the King of the Crates Sportsman race and Matt Williamson in the 358 Modifieds uh, last night at the Merrittville Speedway. Humberstone Speedway, they're uh, up in the air right now if they're going to race tonight. There should be a decision by 2 o'clock. Not so much rain today, but they got a lot of it last night. And uh, I hear the pits aren't so great, but if they do get it in tonight, they do have the BEI Lightning Series for the sportsmen uh, tonight at the Humberstone Speedway, uh, 630 out there in Port Colborne. Uh, Truck race Wednesday night at Eldora. It was exciting, as always. Uh, Chase Briscoe, Grant Enfinger battling for the win on the last lap. Chase Briscoe uh, edging out for the win. Stuart Friesen, of course, a threat to win. Won his heat race. Was up front early on, but got spun with some contact Uh, early on in the event and had come back through the field and was third on a late race restart and I thought he was going to get a run to the outside and maybe have a shot for the win but then they had one last caution that kind of killed his momentum and he had to settle for third But uh, Stewart in their top top five finish in the Truck Series. Uh, Also, good run for Max McLaughlin, who we had on the program here last week. He finished 12th in his first ever Truck Series start. So great to see Max have a run. And then Max and Stewart, they flew up. They ran Orange County Fair Speedway in Central New York Thursday night for the Super Dirt Car Series. And... Stewart picked up the win there, made up for winning it, not winning at Eldora, I guess, but Stewart right back in the modified and won Thursday night. And I think he won Fonda on Friday night, too. So uh, he is uh, two wins in his last two races after the truck race. Pretty darn good uh, for Stewart Friesen. Uh, Also, this week, a uh, monumental, not monumental, but an anniversary uh, this week, Uh, this past Thursday, uh, July 19th, was the 60th anniversary of the lone NASCAR Cup Series race to be held in Buffalo. Yes, in Buffalo. The old, uh, which was then the, the Grand National Series, ran at Civic Stadium. Yep, War Memorial, the rock pile where the Bills used to play. Uh, they used to run race cars there. They had a little flat track that ran around the field. It was almost like a track you have like high school track meets on almost. Uh, and NASCAR came through. They ran Toronto at the CNE the day before, which was Richard Petty's first-ever start, and the next day, Richard and Lee Petty were back, and Richard, so Richard Petty's second career of what is the, considered the Cup Series was here in Buffalo at Civic Stadium. Uh, driver gentleman by the name of Jim Reed won the race. Uh, Cotton Owens was second. Lee Petty finished sixth. Uh, Billy Rafter, who is a local racing legend, uh, champion at Lancaster and success at Ransomville and Humberstone and the New York state fairgrounds, four score hall of famer. He placed ninth that day. Richard Petty finished 11th and again, just his second ever, uh, start, uh, Rex White, uh, former champion. He finished fifth that day, but that was, that was, uh, the 60th anniversary of that race was this past Thursday, July 19th, uh, in the lone, uh, cup race ever held at Buffalo, and I believe the Hamburg Fairgrounds also hosted a couple uh what was then the Grand National Series uh, back in the uh, 1950s, but they used to go to all sorts of different facilities. They ran 51 races that year, did the the Grand National Series. They ran all over North America pretty much, especially on the East, East Coast uh, from down south in Florida and even up to Toronto and a stop right here in Buffalo. Just one time it happened, but it was the uh, the 60th 60th anniversary of that this week. So it's uh, if you ever ever wonder if NASCAR ever came to Buffalo, they did, but it was 60 years ago and also they ran some races again at Hamburg in Hamburg too at a, I'm pretty sure what is now the fairgrounds and the the track there. Uh which they even ran racing there in the 90s. They ran sprint car races there on the uh, the horse track at, at Buffalo Raceway uh, even into the 90s. You'd see that during the fair, but now all they do is, of course, the Demolition Derby, which is, you know, has been successful for so many years with uh, Jay, Mill- Jay Milligan and the JM Productions. They do all the, the stunt shows and the demo derbies. But it's you go there and you're like, hmm, this would be maybe a little fun to see some racing. I unfortunately never got the chance to see it. But uh, that is going to do it for this week's show. We'll be back next week. Uh, the Loudon Race again, that's coming up at 1 o'clock. The start time was pushed up an hour. They're going to try and get it in, but... You know, follow on Twitter and, and tune in at 1 o'clock. You can hear about if they're actually going to get the race in today. Uh, if not, you know, we may be all watching it at work tomorrow afternoon. But thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next Sunday here on WGR. Okay, picture this. It's Friday
0: afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road.